It's This Week in Bourbon, where we spread not only bourbon cheer, but also this time of the year, Christmas cheer. And here's your headlines for December 24th, 2021. The Kentucky Bourbon Benefit has raised over $3 million for tornado relief. The Heaven Hill versus Logstill court battle for the Dant name has come to an end after nine months. And let's talk a little bit more about United Rye since it's now only available on store shelves. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of This Week in Bourbon. And this is a special one because, A, it's the end of the year, so there's not a ton of news. So we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit. But B, this was, I think, we're going to kind of see this thread become a little bit more, uh, kind of be common as we start going through here because there has been an abundance and overflowing generosity of bourbon over the past few weeks that has now finally culminated into the point where millions of dollars are going to help tornado relief. So it's, it's really kind of cool to see that happen too. Yeah. I think we talked about it last week, but that's, it's one of the best parts of the bourbon community. They are the one, the, the most generous. And, you know, I think that just stems from, you know, the roots of, of bourbon, Kentucky. We all just, we're good people. We like to take care of each other and, you know, we rally around the community. So I'm super proud of, you know, everyone involved and it's just amazing that how much money and I'm still waiting on that economic study of how much uh, money has been raised for charities by bourbon. I think it'd be a fascinating uh, article or, you know, study to do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And when you start thinking of the, the economics behind it, it is, it's in, we're, we're in at least in the tens of millions now, if not hundreds, like it's, it's definitely creeping up there and I'm excited to kind of see where this is going to go. And before we get to that, I do want to give uh, a little 
a little praise and a little shout out to our little Bourbon Pursuit fundraiser we did this past few weeks. I know it was our biggest one yet. It was yep. no $3 million, but hey, you know, it's still pretty good. The grand total was $20,587 that we raised to also help the Team Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund, uh, as well as Bellwood and Brooklawn and Hand in Hand Ministries. So we're super excited. And thank you to everybody that took a part in this fundraiser. And not only was it just raising funds, but we do it every year. We collect every single barrel that we go on from a barrel pick and we set one of them aside and we put it for this auction or this raffle at the end of the year where you can buy as many tickets as you want and you could win multiple packages and prizes. So I think there was around 37 bottles that were up for grabs this time. So excited to kind of see where that's going. I think last year, last year was around 11 or 12,000. Yeah. So almost doubled this year. Yeah. I, I tell you what, it's going to be hard to beat next year. I don't it's know. Hard if we're to gonna... double next year, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll challenge you guys to do it. Let's do it. Let's get weird. Everybody's in the giving mood, and that's okay. We, we, we appreciate it, and I know that everybody else that, that this benefits as well, uh, they appreciate it too. So definitely thank yep. you. And since you're hearing this on Christmas Eve, by the way, Merry Christmas. Happy, happy year Christmas, everybody. I yeah. hope you're enjoying your, hopefully, your late night ahead of you. That's going to be either putting together toys or wrapping presents, and oh, yeah. you're spending some time listening to some bourbon news here. Been there, put many Barbie doll houses or Barbie dream houses together, you know, and uh, I plan on doing the same this year. So, give me a bourbon, put some stuff together, wrap it, you know, eat some cookies. <laughs> I'll ask you a question. So, what's the what's the big gift you got for your kids this year? Well, I mean, they are going to Mexico, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of kids get that one. Okay, you win. yeah. So, so in our family, it's hard because I have my wife's parents, my parents, and they, and I'm sure all grandparents, they give so much to the kids, and it's like, okay, we can't ever top them ever. So we just decided, like, hey, we're gonna just we'll give them a few gifts, but we're gonna do a, a trip every year, you know, just to give them a present or whatever. And they still don't think it's cool, even though I'm like, <laughs> one day you'll think it's cool, but. Right now, you'd probably rather have the super uh, Lego set, but I'm thinking the trip might be more for you all rather than them. Uh, we went to a kids. We're going to a kids resort. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What What do you got? It was funny. As soon as I said that, I thought to myself, "Oh shit, I don't really know." Uh, I guess I'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> I guess I'll find out to see what my wife gave my kid uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll find out. No, I oh, think there's thing. Th- Lauren doesn't edit these, so you're, gonna, <laughs> you're good. No, my kid's really into Harry Potter right now, so she's enamored with it. So I, I have a feeling it's going to be a very Harry Potter Christmas around here. Nice, yeah. Harry Potter's actually been big around our house as well. They had the Harry Potter advent calendar, so mm-hmm. they're countdown. We had that, and you mentioned the Lego set. I, I do know that we did get a Harry Potter Lego set, and I think th- Lego sets are ridiculous now. It's amazing what those oh, yeah. the prices on those pieces of plastics go for, and I think it's probably more the licensing is where they get you the money. Yeah, I don't want to hear complaints about bourbon pricing. Lego pricing <laughs> just through the roof. Like, just the basic, like... Because nobody wants like, the classic set anymore. You got to get all well, this, like, crazy stuff. Just to build, like, a stupid, like, Four inch cars like twenty dollars, you know. Very and then true. Then if you want like any like house or anything, it's a minimum of fifty. And then 
I don't know. It's a racket. Well, it, but I, they did it right. They, they they had all these licensing deals. They got with the Star Wars thing. They got with Harry Potter. They got all these. Oh, and so yeah. you have you build these whole ecosystems around. I remember growing up, you had this kind of. They had to create their own thing. Like I remember, yeah. mine was the Lego Space Station, and it's not like NASA affiliated or branded. It's literally they just said, "Hey, we're going to make this space branded thing of Legos," and that's what I was really into. I'm pretty sure my parents weren't dropping $150 on a set of Legos, but I couldn't, I can't recall back then. Yeah. I don't know. I, mine was the, the airport. I had a, I love the airport station. You know, I had the plane and that's the, a cool one. Yeah. That was, that was always, I think it was cool. I, yeah. I remember it being, but cool. it wasn't affiliated with Delta or United no. or <laughs> Southwest bags, fly free. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's actually, it's probably a smart idea is that now your kids will be saying, Oh, you bring two bags. You can get checked for free. You start Southwest Legos. You ingrain that, on them. You ingrain that, that, that marketing into them at a very early age. That's how you do it. I love it. All right, let's get back to the bourbon news here. So we'd already been talking about it. So the Kentucky bourbon benefit has now completed and it's raised over $3 million. It's easily the largest auction that's ever been held for a charity event. And this total, it's still expected to climb. I've already seen things that said it's already hit $4 million. But as when the press release came out earlier, it was at 3.3, or should I say, I'll just say $3,384,203. And that was at midday of Wednesday. And Angel's Envy, Beam, Brown Foreman, Diageo, Four Roses, Heaven Hill, Michter's Rabbit Hole, and Wild Turkey have also donated in excess of a million dollars directly to the state's fund, and Beam Suntory gave an additional $500,000 to the American Red Cross. So let's talk a little bit about the lots that went out, because these, I wanted to find like the craziest ones, the ones that people will maybe have a little bit of a mind blown here thing. So on the, the lower end of things was the Pappy Van Winkle 23-year decanter set that went for Which 40. We, we thought it was going to be on the high end. Yeah. Last week, I remember we were talking about how, oh, that'll probably go for like 24000 dollars mm-hmm. $44,000 was the final bid on that one. So there's the new ceiling there. Wild Turkey and New Rift Private Barrels sold for $45,000 and $43,000 respectively. Smoke so Wagon. The New Rift went the same as uh, Wild Turkey? Uh, it, 43 and 45. So $2,000 difference. Wow. So. Still. I know. That's pretty crazy. That's impressive. I, I know. That means New Riff's doing something. Get up there with yep. the Heritage brands. And Smoke Wagon, they had a lot of 60 bottles that were called rare and limited special batch bourbons. And this was not essentially, you get to go to a barrel pick, but they already had the barrel bottled for you. And it was 60 bottles of some high age MGP. And that sold for 45000 Elijah Craig Barrel Proof went for $77,000. An Angel's Envy Cask Strength went for $130,000. A Willet 8-Year Barrel, $143,000. And Willet even donated a second barrel to match this to match the losing binner, raising that total to $286,000 for that particular one. Four Roses, I think this was like the one of the big ones was that they were doing your ability to go and do a selection between 17 and 21 year old barrels. And that was, went off at $278,000. And they also matched the barrel to its second place bidder totaling for a $556,000 total there. They had other rare bottles that they donated and Four Roses final tally was around $569,000. However, uh, the largest one, was the Willet barrel. He had a choice to go and do a Willet 19-year selection. 
And that went off at a record high of $401,000, or sorry, $401,001. And then, not to be, not to be like say we're over yet, but Willett then donated even a second barrel of a 19 year to the second highest bidder, making it a total of $802,002. But let's also yeah, not forget. I was, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, let's not No, I'll let you finish. Well, we also had some Pursuit Season there, and Pursuit Series Episode 18 went for a record high of $450. Heck yeah. There we unicorn, go. baby. We did, our, we did our part there, too. Yeah, it's funny. On Sunday, I was texting Drew. I was like, this was, you know, at the time, I think that 19-year-old barrel was over 200 just for that barrel. And then you had the eight-year barrel that was at, like, 75, and then you still had all these like one-off Willets, you know, just bottles. And I was like, just doing doing rough math. And I was like, it's like, wow, Willets going to raise almost a half million dollars for this charity. He's like, yeah, it's crazy. And then now you look and you're like, well, damn, you are at a million dollars plus <laughs> now. <laughs> I, I think that's, it's really crazy to see something like Willet that, I mean, you look at the scale of Willet versus the scale of, Right, literally, every, literally, literally anybody else that's on there, and they don't even compete on the same playing field. But no, man, will it? It's funny. Will it makes about fifty barrels a day. Four roses dumps eight hundred a day. You know, it's like it's just wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a a scale thing there, but it's also one of the things that well, it's done right throughout the years. They have oh yeah, totally. They have they have stayed consistent to their mission. They have never faltered from some of their quality and the product that they want to do. They have a very keen sense of direction of where this is going to go. They made God, what was it two three years ago? They kind of threw their hands in the air and said, "We're done with private barrel picks," and now they've got these barrels that are kind of sitting for opportunities that are just like this. So. It's it's gonna be interesting to kind of see how how they're gonna play that card as it's gonna start going out because everybody is always zoned into that family crest on the bottle, wondering how they can get themselves a purple top, and uh, and now it's becoming more rare than pretty much any release that comes out is is finding anything that's a Willet family estate. Yeah, it's the brand that's never spent a dollar on marketing. I think they. They've never entered any competitions. They've never, you know, been in the whiskey magazines. They There's no advertising whatsoever. It's just all like guerrilla underground whiskey community stuff, you know? I think you have people, um, you know, the, the OGs in the game of Bill Thomas and everything like that, that really set the course of where this was going because they discovered it. They influenced people like us. Then we influenced other people. And then they influence other people, and it's this huge spiral of, or a snowball effect of just continually finding new fans and people that just... Well, and they've had good, the, great products that helps. Yeah, I guess that... And you go to the restaurant and bar, and it's like, well, damn, hot damn, it's the best restaurant in the state. You know? <laughs> they, they, they pinkies up over there. That's right. So, Gucci, Gucci, Gucci bottles. For sure. Well, let's, let's keep talking, because there's still even more... Tornado relief things to even talk about here. So the owners of Car Steakhouse that once stood in downtown Mayfield, they also donated 14 bottles of bourbon that went into this auction and that were actually were recovered from the rubble of their family business 
and these were in 12 different lots and each one was either it was signed and donated by the restaurant owner which is daniel carr for authentication um and again a lot of these bottles were uh, ended up being going for i think like fifteen thousand dollars or actually no I, I have it right here uh the ones that weren't destroyed in the tornado these sold it was 14 bottles and they were sold for a total of sixty nine thousand four hundred seventy five dollars and so nearly all the bottles of the brands are matching the sales with half the money going to cars for its 29 employees um, i saw barstown bourbon was in there there was blue run spirits there was a keeneland 75th anniversary there's some other ones in there, but it's kind of cool to see. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing the pictures. There were bottles that had dirt on them, just <laughs> covered in dirt. And Yeah, I, I, remember, I did say that. Yeah. So there's also one more, uh, and this is a different sort of auction here kind of thing that's going on. But uh, starting December 26th, if you happen to be in the Charleston, South Carolina area, Hall's Chop House is doing, well, they said shots we'll call them pours of Buffalo Trace's 1995 OFC, and they will be available for $250 each. And this is the suggested retail price uh, because they have it's around $2,500 for that particular bottle. Uh, but then this bottle is going to move into other Hall's Chop House locations in Somerville, Columbia, Greenville over the course of the week. And all of the proceeds will go to also the Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund. So Hall's Chop House is great. If you've never, never been, been there. Oh, it's fantastic. They're in the South Carolina, Georgia market, I think. Um, very similar to like Ruby's style. Hey, I like steak. I like steak. Me I too. like lobster tail. I'll you, you know me. I'll do it all. Any city, I'm finding the nicest steakhouse. <laughs> that's my thing. Ryan does not eat cheap where we go. He is. No. I'll cringe at a $60 shirt, but $60 piece of meat, I'm all in. <laughs> Well, what do you have a favorite fast food? I don't really do, do you, fast do you, food. Do you eat fast food? Like Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, oh, Hardee's, no. Rallies. No, no. None of it. Won't even touch it. Even Chick fil A. Is that? Uh, I'll do Chick fil A, but right. not really. Tzatziki's is maybe the closest thing. That's not even food. really fast food, but all right, you're, you're too highbrow. You're too highbrow <laughs> over this. Pinky's up. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. So, if you remember back in March of 2021, Heaven Hill filed a lawsuit against Log Still Distillery, Log Still Distillery based out of Gethsemane, Kentucky, and this was for trademark infringement and unfair competition. And Heaven Hill was seeking monetary damages and preliminary and permanent injunctive relief. And this is because, and I'll give you a little bit of the backstory here. And this is, uh, I'm giving, I'm going to go into the history of of Dant. So get ready for this. So for nearly 200 years and seven generations. The Dant family name has been a part of the distilling business in the U.S. And the Dant legacy can be traced back to Joseph Washington Dant, or which is simply named J.W. Dant. I'm sure you've all heard of that name before. And Dant officially started his commercial distilling operation in 1836 at Dant Station, Kentucky. J.W. Dant is believed to have retired during the 1880s when he turned his operations over to his sons, George and Wally Dant, who then took over the Dant Distilling Company. But during Prohibition, J.W. Dant whiskey continued to be sold as a medicinal whiskey. But when Prohibition came to an end, six of the Dant's seven sons were still living, and most of the sons were involved in the revival of the Dant Distilling Company. But members of the Dant family ultimately decided to sell their company and exit the industry. So in 1943, the assets, stocks, trademarks of the Dant Distillery Company, including the J.W. Dant trademark and the associated goodwill, were sold to United Distillers of America. The distillery sold 
was sold a few more times over the years, but it was eventually acquired by Heaven Hill in 1993. And Heaven Hill still sells J.W. Dant bottled and bond bourbon whiskey today. And out of the many brands, the spirits, and the bourbon that Heaven Hill produces, uh, J.W. Dant is not prominently featured across its portfolio. In fact, and thank you to distillerytrail.com for actually finding this information, that according to the lawsuit that was filed by Heaven Hill, gross revenue for all J.W. Dant brands has dropped from around $2.6 million in 2004 to $1.2 million in 2020. So kind of interesting to see a 50% reduction as we've seen this bourbon boom kind of grow. So nine months after filing the lawsuit, a U.S. district judge has released a ruling grant in part for Heaven Hill's motion for a preliminary injunction and has specified the steps that Logstill Distillery must now take. So here's what they have to do. Logstill must stop using the JW Dant brand, including anything related to it, as well as to jwdant.com. They can still talk about the history and the family connection to JW Dant, but it must be removed from any branding such as products, labels, and logos. And they also must remove any references to the year 1836 from its products, labels, and logos, since that is a historical connection to the JW Dant brand. Furthermore, the name should be referred to as Joseph Washington Dant to help avoid any confusion in the marketplace, and they can no longer use J.W. Dant when discussing the company's story or history. So anytime they use J.W. Dant name, it must include a, quote, conspicuous disclaimer that Logstill does not own and is not affiliated with the J.W. Dant brand. Lastly, Logstill must remove Dant Distillery Company stencils from all of its barrels and can no longer use that trademark in its commercial trade. So interesting turn of events there. But it's they're part of the right thing. I mean, they're, they're protective yeah. of the brand. I mean, yeah, I, I understand, and, and you know, it's you love. I understand where Wally's getting at, and I understand you know you want to try to resurrect that family history, family vibe. But you know, Heaven Hill did pay for that, and you know you got to protect it. So I'm not too mad about it. It's an unfortunate thing to think yeah. about. I mean, Ryan, let's put let's put ourselves in the shoes of of the the seven sons of jw dant over here and sure and we and let's say pursuit blows up and all of a sudden you know we get offers for you know 500 million dollars to to take the name like do you sell like do you sell because sure it's cool to have the money and you can use that and you can create some sort of family business legacy or go retire off the coast of costa rica or yacht or whatever it is or do you hang on? I don't to think it? we'll ever sell for that much. But <laughs> no, maybe. no, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's, this is all. We might get all. a cabin in Nelson County somewhere. <laughs> pie in the sky, pie in the sky. Yeah. And it, because when you sell, you've basically, you said, well, my family can never use that name again in the distilling history. Ever. I, yeah. I look at this and I think of like the person that comes to mind is like Dixon Deadman who revived his family's brand of Kentucky Owl and then sold it to Stoli. And now his family, his generations, his kids will never have be able to have a tie back to that name because he went and sold it off. So if it, yeah. it's like this. But now like he, this, he's this, still this, in a position where he can, he can create a new legacy. His own. He can yeah. create a new legacy, you know? So yeah, it's tough. If, if you know, like in Dixon's situation, he's young, so... He can wait till the non-competes up, create his own legacy. But like if we're old and broke and, you know, and I'm just trying to think, picture myself as, you know, the dance, you know, you're older, you're broke, 
there's no future in sight prohibitions hitting. You're like, you got to think. Might as well. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's hard to think that long term. And it's yeah. hard to know what you would do until. So one day when we have this conversation, we'll remember this conversation <laughs> and see what we'll do. <laughs> and we'll come back and we'll listen to this and go, we never really came up with an answer, did we? And that's right. <laughs> there, I don't know what you do. Yeah. It's, I guess you just got to look at. But right now, it'd be hard to sell, you know, because as long as you get capitalized, sky's the limit right now. But uh, I don't know. Until it comes to the point where you can't sell whiskey and you are broken, flat-footed, you've got to figure out what to do. But for the time being, everybody can hang on to their name. I have a feeling we're going to be okay for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for now, figure what, what if I did this? <laughs> what if What if I bought out the company just bought the rights to your name? Would, would you like that? You gonna do a Facebook thing? Yeah. <laughs> Delete my shares. <laughs> Social dilemma movie. The Cecil Vosh twins. Yeah, maybe my kids will make a movie on it. How the Coleman screw screw the Cecil. The Cecil coming. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll be the first person to buy a ticket to the premiere. Oh yeah. <laughs> you'll we you'll send them. it. You'll send it to me out of spite. That's what it'll be. We got them. <laughs> All right, so there's another article that came out on Forbes.com, and this is talking about sort of just the growth of online and retail sales. So over the pandemic, beverage alcohol really got into the digital age and purchasing moved a lot online. So there was a new research that was done by IWSR Drinks Market Analysis, who we've had on the show before, and they said that this change is going to be here to stay. Go figure. So beverage alcohol e-commerce sales are expected to reach more than $142 billion across key markets by 2025. And this is considering a growth of around 66%. And a quarter of global drinkers are now ordering online. And this new report studied 16 focus markets, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, Colombia, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, the Netherlands, South Africa, Spain, the UK, and of course, the United States. The findings showed that e-commerce value increased by 12% over 2019 and then jumped to almost 43% over 2020. And IWCR predicts that e-commerce will command around 6% of all off-trade beverage alcohol volumes by 2025. And that is up from less than 2% in 2018. So China right now still has the largest proportion of online shippers or shoppers. I guess I probably copied that wrong. Online shoppers at nearly 60% of beverage alcohol buyers. And the U.S. is still the biggest driving force of growth. So while the market is the highest proportion of 54% of online buyers who made their first purchase during the pandemic, it's also seen that an average annual growth of around 20% is going to consider making this the top global market, or the United States is going to be the top global market for online beverage alcohol in the future. Really? Yep. Well, I mean, well, it's because, you know, it's all in Asia. Common. Oh, yeah, totally. But even you just think of like, I guess, population wise, like, China or Asia, you know, before the pandemic, 70% of their just like retail sales were online. And I think Europe was at like 45, 50 and the U.S. was only at like 25. And then after the pandemic, online sales still only grew like maybe 15% in the U.S., you know, and where it's really almost like 80% Asia and still like 50 to 60% in Europe. And so I'm surprised that the U.S. is going to be the biggest uh, online retail liquor. It's what they say. It's what they say. I, I, I find it hard to believe because there are so many legal hurdles that we still have to go 
and right. fix in our system and our country. The fact that there's 48 <laughs> different rules that you have to go through to ship across the states is not going to make that easy. And the states just need to come together and figure out, hey, how can we make this better for everybody instead of making a huge pain in the ass for absolutely everyone? Yeah, it's like the thing that makes the U.S. great is the states have so much power, you know, individually, but it makes it really terrible when you're trying to do <laughs> like a collective alcohol or, you know, something movement. It's because everyone has different, you know, opinions or whatever. But oh, yeah. Anyways, well, let's let's keep talking about whiskey sales. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll hand it over to you. Actually, I'm going to have you guess, Ryan. Okay, so can't wait. Give me there's there's 10 states here. Can you name three or four of the top 10 states for American whiskey sales? And I'll, I'll give the top two because they're too easy. California, California and Texas. Give me the other okay. ones. Florida. Very good. New York. <laughs> yep. That's another one. Gosh, I'm trying to just think population-wise. Uh, Philadelphia? I mean, not Philadelphia, but Pennsylvania? Nope. <laughs> that's not there? on there. I'll give you really? one more guess. Uh, gosh. Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that's that's one as well. So uh, you actually got... So there's one, two, three, four. So I'll, I'll start at the very bottom. So Illinois did 875,000 cases. Number nine was Michigan. And number eight for the first appearance and its first time ever is Kentucky with 937,000 cases. And this is, it said the home of bourbon is by far the top market by far in per capita consumption of American whiskey with 286 cases consumed per 1,000 people. So wow. that's got to be a lot of tourism sales too. I'm sure you're probably Cause our, right. You know, you only got 4 million people here, not even 4 million, like 3.3.7. Yeah. Yeah. 3.7. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Number seven was New York. Number six is Virginia. Number five, North Carolina. Come on and raise up. They had 1 million cases. Really? No, yep. I thought it was a control state and not many brands going there, but. Good job, North Carolina. Well, you had guessed this one already. Number four, the other top control state, Ohio, with 1 million cases. And they saw a 16.4 increase in the consumption from 2019 to 2020. And that's one of the top increases in the nation. So <laughs> go Buckeyes. Uh, number three, we already said as well as Florida with 1.8 million cases. And this is because the Miami-Fort Lauderdale area is the third largest metropolitan area in the country for American whiskey consumption with 834,000 cases consumed. In Texas, wow. there was 1.9 million cases. And while Texas ranks overall and second overall in consumption, Texas were actually in the bottom 10 for per capita consumption at only 95 cases per 1,000 people. And of course, number one, California, which dominated, which was 3.3 million cases. And this state is also the home, of course, the top metropolitan cities for American whiskey consumption, which is Los Angeles and Long Beach, Santa Ana area. And that area alone consumed 1.2 million cases. What's the case per capita there compared I didn't, to like Texas? I, it didn't say. I didn't. Well, I didn't pull I was all just the information. Yeah. I, I wanted to pull Texas all the Texas doesn't surprise me because... There's a lot of margarita. Everywhere you go in Texas, every restaurant bar has the best margarita you've ever had. <laughs> You're yeah. like, compared to here, you know. Well, this was this was also just American whiskey sales. So keep that right. in mind. No, I know. And and so they this actually said 
And it's, it says, quote, the growth was led by fast rising brands, including Woodford Reserve, Old Smokey, Bird Dog, Angel's Envy, and Uncle Nearest. What? That's... I didn't expect brands that. Yeah, I didn't expect any of those to be <laughs> leading the movement, but good for them. Yeah, we need to get Pursuit up there. Some little Pursuit United action. Old Smokey, the moonshine, huh? From I, Tennessee, I guess. Hey, good. If you have a good marketing and sales team, that's all, right. all it takes. Gallenberg rising. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is our last sort of bourbon news story for the night, and I remember seeing Facebook ads for this. It was scrolling across, and you know you flip through and you see these things. And I remember seeing the Whiskey and Wealth Club come up and they claim to be specialized cask whiskey wholesalers. And so the Texas State Securities Board has now issued an emergency cease and desist order to the Whiskey and Wealth Club. And it said that the company is raising capital from investors to purchase whiskey from Bladnoke Distillery or Black Notch. I don't know how to say it in Scotland. <laughs> Black Notch at a discounted Red, at wholes- redneck wholes- from Kentucky. Trying to <laughs> yeah, read there we go. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland. Uh, they're, they're purchasing these at wholesale auction rates. So investors are looking to spend around 126,000 pounds for 10 pallets or $63,000 for five pallets, with each pallet consisting of around six casks and each cask containing around 200 liters of whiskey. The Whiskey and Wealth Club registers title and ownership in the name of the investor. However, the Texas State Securities Board alleges that the investments tied to the pallets of whiskey have not been registered by qualification, notification, or coordination, and no permit has been granted for their sale in Texas. And the Texas State Securities Board claimed that the cease and desist instructions that the respondents are intentionally failing to disclose material facts about the distillery. This includes, according to the Texas State Securities Board, the business repute, qualifications, and experience of the Bladenook distillery, and the quality, marketability, and profitability of the whiskey produced at that distillery. So in conclusion, the order said, respondents are engaging in fraud in connection with the offer of for sale of securities. So I guess be careful where you put your money in when it comes to investing in whiskey. Well, we were just talking last week how good investment it was. So <laughs> <laughs> we're in the highs and lows here. It's it's, yeah. it's the Bitcoin it's either, index. Yeah, depending on the week right. you're talking to us, it's going to be a really good week for Bitcoin, or it's a really it's a it's a it's a winter one or the other. Yeah, so whiskey is very similar to crypto. <laughs> just don't look at it from week to week, long term. Yeah, think the long term strategy. People That's people right. still want it. Still want it. All right, let's take a quick break. Get a 60-second break from a word from our partners, and we'll come back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. 
Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be a really short edition of Bourbon Release News, but I do want to kind of start this off and talk a little bit about, I, I know, I hate saying it, I want to talk about ourselves a little bit, but it is our podcast, and we are very excited to talk about United Rye, but I do want to say that first, what we have and what we've done, uh, it was only 2,076 bottles, I believe, that were going out to market, but... United Rye is now sold out on Sealbox. That all happened in the span of a week. 80 cases, 480 bottles were, were gone in a week. So I want to give a shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that purchased a bottle. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you crack it open. I hope you share it with friends. I hope you talk about it and share it and, and kind of talk about some stories with it. For anybody that is missing out on it, you can still get those on shelves in Colorado, Illinois, at Benny's. Georgia will be relatively soon. Texas and across some stores in Kentucky. But again, very limited quantities. I think only 50 cases were shipped to a lot of those states. So make sure you make some phone calls and, and hopefully you can find one. Yeah, I second that. Thank you for taking the chance on us. We hope that, you know, we try to put good stuff out there and hope uh, hope you're as pleased as we were with the product. Hopefully we just didn't have blinders on and think it's good ourselves. You like it too. Well, we... We we are very insecure about it too. We I know. So please tell us if you like it because it feeds our ego. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also we get a bottle of rye in the mail, and I'm like, all right, go to the basement. We gotta we gotta crack this open. We gotta try it against United. Is this as good as United? All right, I know we're still good here. I think we're still good. We need to we need to talk about it more. No, it's it's what I'm, I'm just I'm really excited for it. And I we're I, still like middle school kids trying to say check yes or no, you know, <laughs> on our our letters to people. <laughs> Play the mash game. That's right. Mash, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, mansion, apartment, shack, and house. Is that what it stood for? Like, were you going to... Something like that. Everybody's probably listened to this. If you're too young, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Or that thing where they you folded with your fingers. You're like, <laughs> oh, number three, this, that. Oh, you're marrying this person. You're like, no, redo it. <laughs> Well, we are married to our distilling partners for a, a few years, so I do hope... And our wives. <laughs> yes, that too. I hope that doesn't go anywhere, or we'll be yeah. selling off these barrels that pay for pay some other legal actions or something. <laughs> All right, so that was, again, that's that's the, the bulk of the whiskey news. However, it just seems every week that there is something that comes up and kind of strikes me as... Now, this is going to be interesting to talk about because we had the French fry favorite, French fly favorite, fr I can't say it, French fry flavored vodka. Uh, Gosh, French fly would be a game changer. That would be, it would be. But this one is for a London-based distillery called Doghouse, and they are releasing a chili bacon flavored vodka. <laughs> I know. They're already in the doghouse. <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> so this new liquid is produced using the distillery's baller wheat vodka. And baller yeah it's called baller wheat vodka if, right, you think reading. the rock i think the rock is gonna have a problem with that because you know, he has it was a thing to ballers there that's right the the show then he's the agent yeah mm -hmm. 
Keep reading. I want to, I got to hear this. All right. All right. So it uses Mexican grown habanero chilies and a secret ingredient in which gives it the bacon sweet smokiness. So according to its makers, it is a very powerful and flavorsome expression with spicy warmth, luring hits of bacon combined with Baller's silky smooth <laughs> characteristics. That's one hell of a press release. <laughs> uh, got distilled peppers and bacon, Baller, weeded vodka. I don't know. I mean, they they said that it's mostly for Bloody Marys, which I could see. I could see that for that. But it seems Maybe. like every week yeah. there's there's going to be something new, a new flavor. It's something that's going to push the envelope. And I'm happy to talk about it. I think it's fun. As long it, It's not going to be a bourbon. You can never do that stuff with bourbon because then it wouldn't be a bourbon. But it always fun. it's fun to talk about it. I love it. D- you know, Dickel Tabasco is pushing the envelope, but not now. It's... <laughs> It's funny you bring that up. I haven't heard I haven't heard that. Did you ever try Dickel Tabasco? I actually did, and I had some Bloody Marys. It was actually pretty good. See, I never had it, and it, it's one of those things. It does push the envelope, and I, I think I don't uh, think I've heard of it in several years, though. It's a, it's an unfortunate naming thing because people just call it the Hot Dickel. <laughs> I know. That name's just got to go. Uh, I can see why the, we talked last week why they're starting to do Cascade Hollow Rye. They need to just <laughs> make the bourbon Cascade Hollow. You got to get rid of Dickel. It, it, it does have a little bit more of an elevated synopsis. Yeah. Nobody takes that seriously. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it, it is what it is. Next thing, well, Diageo's now going to show up in my house. <laughs> take me down. I mean, like you think you think Dickel sounds bad. I'll talk. I'll, I'll break. We'll start dragging Cecil through the mud over here. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but that's gonna do it for oh, this week it. in bourbon. All I told right. you. I told you it was a short one. We are now at the. Well, end I the, drug it out. Hey, we are. I was helping to try and drag it out. It was one of those things. We're at the end of the year, and we were. I think we were the last ones to kind of release something. So I'm I'm excited to say that we got the least amount of press at the end of the year because everybody went on vacation. So nobody wanted to talk about us anymore, but we're happy to do it and we sold out of it. Yep. But if you can, if you enjoy the rye, take a picture of it, tag us on it, share us on Instagram. We'll repost it. We'll retag you. It's awesome. We love to be able to see that. And and cheers to you. Cheers to our fans. Thank you, everybody out there that, that does help support that. And we're, yep. we're super excited where it's going to go. This is going to be the smallest release, the smallest batch we're ever going to do. Next year is going to be three times the size. Next year after that, we're going to double it. We hope. Next year after that, we're going to double it. Next year after that, we're going to double it again. Yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And then it's going to flatline. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it has to at some point. We only have so yeah. much money in the bank. Or money or, we have to pay back to the bank. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you all for all your support and listening to our two dumbasses. So, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. And Merry Christmas yep. as well.